0: Thank you for listening to the show. I hope it inspires you and expands your view of what's possible in your journey of wealth creation. My hope is that through repeated exposure to the ideas and the guests you will find here, your view of finance will change for the better. With that said, there's an important caveat that must be stated. The opinions you will hear on this show are just that, opinions. Please don't misconstrue any of what you're about to hear as legitimate financial advice. Do your own research and don't take anything at face value. Understand that everything you hear on this show is someone else's experience that may or may not work for you. I don't know you. I don't know your situation, so I can't tell you what to do. But I can tell you that the one goal of this podcast is to make you richer, wealthier, and Ultimately, more fulfilled as a human. I'm glad you're here. Please rate it, review it, share it with the people in your world that matter. And without further ado, enjoy the show. Four things you can write these down. Number one, multiple accounts of finance. Multiple accounts of finance. I'm going to take you through my system. This is basically how you control the flow and the arbitrage of money. Multiple accounts of finance. Number two, this is the second bullet, write pumps, buckets, and Moats M-O-A-T-S. number three currency swap and in parentheses you can write turn inflation into a profit center and if we have time we'll go into a little bit of like asset protection and how to set your stuff up so that you are impenetrable okay first let's go through the multiple accounts of finance um, I've had good months and I've had bad months I've had great months and horrible months but One of the things that never changes is my family feels stability. My family has the same amount of income that comes in during a good month or a bad month or any sort of month in between. And so you can draw this out, draw a circle in the middle and call it operating accounts. Draw a circle to the left and write the word tax. Draw a circle underneath that or to the right of that and call it personal and a circle to the right of that and call it investing. Many people don't manage their money right and therefore they can, they'll never be able to implement arbitrage in the future. If you get paid $20,000, the first thing you need to realize is that you don't have 20,000 20, bucks. This is going to save your life. It's going to actually help you set great goals and it's going to help you put yourself into a position in the future where you're not feast or famine. You've got the taxes that need to be paid on that money. You have the personal burn. So right now, let's give you, uh, give you my actual scenario. Uh, this is why I don't want this recorded, because I'm going to tell you exactly like how much personally we live off of. It's about eighteen thousand and three hundred dollars per month. Like, yo, what are you talking about, Taylor? You, you talked about making seventy million, like, you know, all these businesses. What are you talking about? Eighteen thousand eight hundred bucks per month. Well, that that is what is in my personal living expenses. Many people think that they need like millions of dollars so that they can be free. But let me tell you something. There's not that much that you can't do on 20K a month of personal take home that you can do on a million a month of personal take home. What happens? Well, I get paid. I get paid here up in this operating account. And then the first thing that happens is I make sure that I put the money in the right places. So, okay, we got a tax account. We got Uncle Sam to pay or wherever you are, you're, you're in Australia or Canada or whatever. Yeah, we... We all have taxes. We all have to pay taxes and we can work on offsetting those taxes a little bit, which I can get to you later if we have time. However, we're all gonna have to pay the taxes at some point. So I kick 25% over into that account, okay? Then I've got the personal account and I kick that money over into the personal account. Now, here's what I want you to think about. If I have a really good month and I take home, personally, I take home 850 grand, what's my family see in that personal account? 20K, 18, eighteen eight. Said. Which is enough to cover all of our bills and a little bit of our savings in the personal. Now, if I have a horrible month and I make eight grand in a month, what's my family seeing that personal account? 188. <laughs> you see what it's my wife can see every account we have. She's it she's in every account that I have. There's no separation of accounts. If she doesn't go in and spend money and mess with my money because she has her own business account too. But here's the point. Our financial situation as a family is stable. It's not riding the roller coaster of the entrepreneur. If so of you, you're making the mistake of like, it. it's really not that your business is up and down as much as it is that you spend 100% of everything you make and therefore you don't have enough to outlast the low points. A bit goes into the personal account. What about investments? What is this? So, This is anything that I want protected or multiplied. My philosophy on investing is not just does it create a really super high return, it's is the value of this capital protected? As you know, that every dollar in your bank account right now just lost value. I'm counting on my watch. Just Mm -hmm. lost value again. One second. Just lost value again. It is ticking down aggregate daily because of this thing called inflation. You can't you can't beat just having all of this cash on hand. Bullshit. You are losing value every single day based on the inflation of money and what that does to the buying power. Now, we can get into this. We can go really deep if you want. Three things you can do with your money. Let me give them to you real quick. This is inside this multiple accounts of finance. Three things you can do with your money. Number one, you can spend it. All right, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's got to spend a little. We got to eat. Clothes cost money. Shoes cost money. You can spend it, number one. Number two, you can save it. When you get into what I feel like now or like your big finance gurus, they're like all hardcore on saving. Number three, you can multiply it. Remember we talked about the levels of, of wealth. There's poor, rich, and wealthy, right? Poor people spend it. Rich people save it. Wealthy people multiply it. Notice how every, all of my frameworks that we teach about, they connect in with each other like a beautiful system. This is Mm -hmm. how you know it's good. I'm not, you can't just make something up and then it's like, well, this isn't being vetted by this principle over here. A true principle can be vetted by other principles around it and both can be true at the same time. This is what you're starting to notice is the levels of wealth and the things you can do with money and the multiple accounts of finance, they all connect in with each other. So here's what I want you to start doing is I want you to have a central account where you have multiple streams of income flowing into. Okay. So you have one up here. This might be business. This one might be your real estate. This one might be like stock dividends. This one might be, you know, uh, a full-time day job. If some of you are still doing that, that's okay. You know what? The, the, The first thing that I did when I was working a day job at the real estate company... When I got my income replaced as a freelancer, you want to know the first thing that I did? I kept my day job. Unbelievable. Why? Because I I had created a redundant income stream for myself and I liked two of them better than one of them. There's something about them. Like, yo, two income streams is better than one. I kind of like this two income streams. And what I did is I waited until I was losing money from an opportunity cost by being at my day job. The opportunity cost was so intense. That I didn't have a choice anymore. I had to let it go because it was so beneath my time to do it. Like some of this stuff is like I'm I'm giving you things that are going to change your thinking and change your philosophy and change your habits, but they're just not written down. So you just want to hang with me and write the things down that matter to you. If if I had an an easy button or a hard button, if I can do it, the, the easy button is how you think. It's your mindset. It's the way you parse questions. It's the way you process and the way you Clarify the easy button is the way you think. So, I'm getting into a little bit of the weeds here, but I always want to pull you up for air because the hard way is me trying to teach you what to do all the time. The easy way is I will teach you how to think, and then by default, your instinct will be to do it the right way. Does that make sense, Taylor? Gonna, quick question. Quick question yeah. on the income streams above, um, like the operating account that's at the top there. Like, how do you leave any money in there, and how often do you like send it into the other buckets? Yeah, great question. Three months of non-variable expenses is what I try to leave in there. Um, when we get into asset conversion, I'm actually going to show you that I have... You know, some people talk about cash minimums, cash on hand minimums. I don't I don't have that. I have cash maximums. I don't want anything above my cash, cash maximum in my accounts. Why? Because it's unproductive. It's losing value every single day. So when it comes to your cash, you want three months-ish. And then there are some other uh, guidelines that we can go through. Around that as well. All right, pumps, buckets, and moats. Pumps, buckets, moats. It's kind of fun to say. Pumps, buckets, moats. Here's the thing: your your pump is your business or your income stream. You may not be perfectly happy with how much money that pump makes. That's why you're here. Let's make that pump that you have work better, bigger, at a greater output. Your pump is something that is an income stream. A a a way to put uh, uh, your your kind of psychology around this is it's the exchange of value for revenue. That's a good pump. The exchange of value for revenue. Some people are like, well, I was teaching this at a, a conference one time and uh, somebody at the end wanted to know like, well, you know, what quantifies like unethical pumps? You, you could technically be a bank robber and that's a really good pump. If we want to go really deep, mm-hmm. it's actually the perceived value. We don't have time to get into that today. That's for elite people. So your pumps, exchanging value for revenue. Your buckets, a bucket is anything that stores capital. Number two, pays a return. Number three, it gets more valuable with time, baby. It gets more valuable with time. It is worth more in 10 years than it was worth today when you got it. Is a car a bucket? Yeah, if it's a collectible, but here's why I'm going to default deviation from you should not be buying cars. If it's not a bucket, rent it because if it doesn't store value, pay a return and get more valuable with time, it's better for you to rent it than it is to own it. So you don't need to, we don't need to be focusing on the monthly cost. We need to be focusing on the totality of what you're getting for your money. There's a trade happening. If you pay $30,000 for a vehicle, Decide to sell it and you've paid 500 bucks per month and 490 of it per month was interest for the first three years, you are going to lose money, especially if you pay it in cash and that $30,000 could have been put into a proper bucket and that $30,000 can pay you interest. Let's move on. Let's talk about cash maximum and then talk about arbitrage. Moats are at the very end and moats provide bulletproof protection for you and your family. So a pump is something that generates income. A bucket is something that stores capital, pays a a, a return, and gets more valuable over time. And a moat is something that provides bulletproof protection for you and your family. Insurance, long-term holdings, legacy holdings. So remember we talk about poor, rich, wealthy. Those are the levels, poor, rich, wealthy. There's Mm -hmm. a fourth level. Number one, poor. Number two, rich. Number three, wealth. Number four, immortality. The dead outnumber the living 14 to one. We have books by them. We read from them. Some of my best mentors are books that were written by people who are no longer here. The the legacy of that person lives on forever and ever. Warren Buffett is uh, one of the richest people in the world. Who knows how long he has left. Uh, But one of the things he says that I I like is I want to give my kids enough to do anything, but not so much to do nothing. And, And here's the deal. I want to remind you guys that you have the most valuable asset that we... that they, We're talking about assets and money and yields. But let me, let me ask you a question. If if you could trade places with Warren Buffett and you can get all of his wealth, but you know the dude's like 90 years old. like He's probably not going to be here for more than another four or five years. Would you make that trade if you also had to trade the time? Because I can tell you this, Warren Buffett would trade with you in a heartbeat. He would not even negotiate. He would take it right now. He would reset and he would add 60, 70 years to his life and rebuild everything monetarily. But here's why you're here is because if you don't listen to some of the things I'm talking about, you will waste those years and you will waste the time ahead of you and you'll end up spinning around in circles. And then you'll be looking back and you won't have the wealth or the time. Let's talk about cash maximums because I wanna really get you this idea of arbitrage. Income slash cash flow, liquidity, and number three, net worth. Liquidity is really, the true definition of liquidity is something that's exchangeable for a good or a service. I can trade certain cryptocurrencies for certain things. And your income and your cash flow is self-explanatory. How much money do you make? And then your net worth is actually your assets minus all of the liabilities attached to those assets. So if I have a million dollars of assets, but I have debt on the asset and that debt is $800,000, what is my net worth? 200K. 200k. And so this is the, this is the barometer or the definition, so to speak, of a person's personal financial health. Say business, it gets different. So you want your liquidity to be 10% of your annual cash flow. Pop quiz. You make a million dollars per year. What do we want to see in terms of liquidity? 100k. Here's why this is important because liquidity offers you the ability to move instantly. You don't have to wait or like cash in anything. You need to have at least 10% of liquidity. To be financially healthy. And then net worth. This is my kind of mathematical equation for net worth is I want to take my income. I want to work to getting at least 10 times my annual income as net worth. A million dollars a year. $100,000 is liquid. $10 million a year is the assets minus the liabilities, which means I might have $30 million of assets, $20 million of debt, which leaves $10 million of net worth. You hanging with me? this formula it's, it is a true formula but it you got to know it's going to it's going to change and adapt as you make more money so it's funny the the main reason people come to traffic and funnels is because they want to get their pump fixed they want more money more income but then we fix their income and then w- there's this other problem which means now their net worth target's increase you know you 10x my income and now it's like now you 10x the net worth and I don't know how to get the net worth and that's why we've built the suite of companies i have that I want to keep liquid. This isn't me personally. I'm just saying if you want to, if you make a million dollars, you have a hundred thousand. What does it mean if you have $200,000 in the bank? What it means is that there is now an opportunity cost siphoning future net worth on that difference, that hundred K. So here's my cash minimums. Anything over a cash minimum, as soon as I can, I want to dump that into, I want to convert the currency. I want to convert it out of United States dollars or whatever your currency is. I want to convert out of that currency into an asset and here's what you find if if you take let's say that this cash maximum is 100k and then this is 100k you put $100,000 right here into an asset the way that the system is set up is you can actually use leverage you take this 100k you move it down here to 100k and then what you're left with is a multiple, call it 3X, 300K in assets, 100K in equity, which means you have debt of how much? 200K. And the asset will pay that debt off for you. You don't ever pay that 200K. The asset pays that debt off for you. I don't want to have too much liquidity because when you you look at this frame correctly, when you combine the cash flow from the asset, the debt pay down from the assets, the appreciation of the asset. We're not talking about a 12% return anymore. That's just the cash flow. What we're talking is 30 to 40% if you average it all together. And so your money is doubling less than three years because you have compounding. The the straight linear would be three years. So, all right, let's say you keep this money, you keep it in cash, in liquidity. How much money do you have in, in three years? And 100K after three years is actually less than 100K because you've got an inflation rate that's right now it's ridiculous like it's 100k goes to 97k goes to 94k so after 3 years you've got 94 grand in account versus if you if you move this and arbitrage it into an asset how much do you have in 3 years mm-hmm. 300,000 minus the debt of 200,000 equals what 100,000 and mm-hmm. let's say that the house appreciates to 400,000 same amount of debt of 200,000 how much do you have 200k mm-hmm. so would you rather that 100k turn into 94K, or would you rather that 100k turn into 200k? I didn't include debt reduction. I didn't include cash flow. I didn't include depreciation, which you can use to write off taxes. That is one return structure, and there are four. So here's why it's like, I think that the training of like having cash minimums, if you have anything more than 10 percent of your annual income in cash, something's messed up. And this is especially true if you are under a million dollars in income. So this is especially true. If you have less and people get it backwards. This is why I hate this phrase of like, yeah, but it's easy for you to say because you've got the money and you've got no. This is, this was a thousand percent more true when I had nothing. Because the principles that I use to get where I am today are the same principles I'm trying to get you to use. And anyone who's under a million dollars, you can, you can absolutely change your life by investing a sum of money, a sum of capital into learning who to be and what to do, and all of those things that will actually blow your life up.